Hello, everyone, and welcome. I'm so pleased to have Dr. Joanna Powell as my guest today. Joanna is a clinical psychologist at the Stromsky Center, where she supports the medical team through psychological assessments, appropriate referrals, treatment recommendations, and support for the patients and their families. She works closely with parents, legal guardians, and teachers for coordination of care that is in the best interest of the children and adolescents who are referred to the Stromsky Center. Ioana received her bachelor degree in psychology with a minor in global peace and conflict studies from the University of California, Irvine. She later received a master's degree in forensic sciences and mental health counseling and completed her doctorate in clinical psychology at the American School of Professional Psychology at Argosy University in Orange, California. Ioana has worked with children in foster care, youth on probation, children and teens with emotional, behavioral, and developmental problems, as well as medically fragile children. She has also worked with individuals, couples, and families dealing with substance abuse, marital conflicts, adoption, physical and sexual abuse, and poverty. She is trained in suicide prevention, trauma therapy, and mediation. Welcome, Ioana, and thank you so much for joining me today to talk about your work and the resources available through your center. Thank you so much for having me, Gilda. So to begin with, uh, can you tell me what is the referral process? How do patients end up at the, the Stramsky Center, and how do they access the benefits that you have to offer? Sure. Uh, we are an outpatient clinic that is part of the Miller Children and Women's Hospital in Long Beach, and usually we receive referrals through pediatricians, other medical providers, um, other agencies, sometimes the regional centers, and a lot of times also self-referred. So, for example, if a parent um, receives services through us or a family receives services, and they tell their friends, sometimes that word of mouth gets parents to call in and self-refer. Okay, and what sort of diagnoses are the referrals presenting with? The, the clients that come to you, what are the most encountered difficulties or problems that parents report having with the children that come to your center? Okay, um, it varies, um, and there's always, you know, from year to year, um, more awareness on specific diagnosis gets those parents calling in more, but for the majority of the referrals, we really have parents calling in to have their children assessed for ADHD, um, learning problems, behavioral problems, sleep difficulties, um, or really just coming in because their pediatrician said um, you need a specialist to figure out exactly what's going on to kind of get the proper treatment. So it really varies, but a lot of the parents, especially the self-referred ones, um, have a lot of questions about learning and about why their children are not making progress in school. Uh, some behavioral difficulties or sleeping difficulties uh, come through our doors too, and then we always have to figure out if it's really truly what the parent thinks it is or if there's something else um, more or less of what the parent thinks it might be. So what would the approach to treatment be once the client has come to you and once there has been an assessment made, what is the approach to treatment and the center's role in that approach as well as your specific role as a psychologist at the center? Sure. 
So um, I neglected to mention that our clinic actually is made up of eight different departments. So we have a behavioral and neurodevelopment program. We have a genetics program, craniofacial, uh, high-risk infant follow-up program, fragile X, psychological testing, which I do, um, sleep disorders, and also we deal a little bit with international adoptions. So a parent or a school or a pediatrician, whoever refers a family here, they refer to us because they've exhausted other means or they have heard about us. So the process happens through the referral, beginning everything, and they come in for an intake to listen to what the concerns are. Then if it's a matter of more sleep, medical, medication, that sort of issue, um, it goes through our developmental pediatrician, Dr. Gary Feldman, who's the medical director as well, and he sees patients, or the nurse practitioner we have here, Melissa Frey, also sees patients. If there's a need for extra assessment or looking at emotional or mental health factors, then they come to me where I do my own assessment. So I do psychological testing, I do interviews, um, I kind of look at the whole picture, see if there's anything going on at school or in the family that needs to be addressed that's not necessarily medical or the reason they're coming in for. And after that, I provide the information to our um, doctor or nurse practitioner, and they in turn meet with the family again and provide a diagnosis, an overall diagnosis, come up with a treatment plan or medication if that's what's needed. And because I mentioned we also have craniofacial genetics, high-risk infant um, fragile X programs, sometimes um, the need for further assessment needs to be conducted in the genetics department. So we work collaboratively within our clinic and try to get as much information as possible for all the parents who come through here. Um, even, let's say, if they come in for concerns with hyperactivity, they might end up getting a full evaluation, learning that there might be some anxiety, for example, that's actually causing the behaviors at school, and it's not exactly ADHD, which you know a lot of people jump to that conclusion very easily, I think, these days. But sometimes a child who's anxious or has difficulties with bullying um, or you name it at school may act like someone who has ADHD, but in fact, the anxiety may be underneath all of that. So my assessment is done as needed, but in support of everybody else at the clinic, but for the most part is to really figure out the bigger picture and what the family needs to move forward and to have the kids be successful. So in terms of figuring out what the family and the children need, can you be a little bit more specific for me? Give me an example of how these evaluations are done. For example, uh, the autism spectrum evaluations that you do, how would that be approached? Okay. We have... um, established itself as one of the centers who does these evaluations. I do the autism spectrum evaluations because in order to receive services, parents need a specific report and a specific test, which I'll talk about, um, to kind of receive the services that are needed. So, for example, if a child comes in, let's say his name is Johnny, and um, 
He comes in because a teacher has made the recommendation of being evaluated. The child is not really doing well in school, not making eye contact, not listening, not playing with other children, uh, lines up everything in the classroom, and has a really hard time when told to move on to a different activity. I'm just kind of going through some classic symptoms, not necessarily the symptoms that describe everybody on the spectrum. So that parent comes in and um, meets with a nurse practitioner or with uh, the developmental pediatrician, uh, where we take a full history of kind of what's been going on from uh, birth to now. And if they feel that an autism diagnosis may be appropriate or is suspected, they are uh, refer to me for the testing. So the testing mostly consists of the ADOS. The ADOS is the Autism Diagnostic Observation Schedule, and we are in the second edition now. So it's the ADOS 2, and this is an observational um, measure. So the children, depending on their age, come in, and if they're young, it's very play-based. So I sit down and play and ask questions and interact with the children, and based on their uh, responses and how they interact with me, I score um, in a specific way that kind of gives me a classification number. So that, depending on the age, um, is done through different modules. So there's a toddler module, there's module one, two, three, and four. And module four is really for Adolescents and adults who speak really well, there's not really a communication barrier, but those may be the people who were kind of missed or even though it's not technically correct to say high functioning, but those are the people who do really well and there are not a lot of red flags, but at some point in their life, whether it's high school or college, someone wonders if perhaps maybe this person was never diagnosed with autism spectrum disorder, and let's look at it. For the most part, I see the little ones. I see kids as young as 14 months, and um, the ADOS can be done with kids as young as 12 months. So I tend to see kids between 14 months and maybe like 11 years old when I do this testing. And the report that comes from the ADOS testing is kind of the expected and well-received and recognized um, measure that most agencies and providers will accept. So most of the time that's sufficient for insurance companies and for other providers. Other times, um, for whatever reason, we need to do more. So there's also the ADR, ADIR, which is the Autism Diagnostic Interview. And that is a measure that's done with the parents. It's a very lengthy, very detailed interview with the caregivers where I ask questions from pregnancy to now or if a child is adopted as much as is known about the pregnancy and kind of speech, play, communication in general, um, questions that are very specific to this interview. And that, again, gets scored and classifies uh, children or adolescents into meeting criteria or not meeting criteria for autism spectrum disorder. But um, no diagnosis, not, those are two tests that are accepted. But I have to mention that you always need observations 
this test or these two tests, these two measures, along with other history to fully diagnose and confidently diagnose someone with um, autism spectrum disorder. Um, so it's a lengthy process in terms of how much the parents need to provide. It takes time and energy and good memory. <laughs> a lot of parents need to remember first words when they children first walked, the first time they put words together into a sentence. So sometimes that's easy, sometimes it's not. But we try to get an accurate um, history before we really put um, the diagnosis or the label on a child. So Johnny, who comes to us because the, ch the teacher thought something was a little different, may come through, I do the testing, and then at the end of the testing, I provide the information and the reports to Dr. Feldman or um, anyone else in the clinic who needs them. And then the parents come for another appointment to get the full diagnosis and treatment recommendations of, along with referrals. So for example, a child who is diagnosed with autism spectrum disorder more than likely will need um, occupational therapy, speech therapy, and uh, behavioral therapy, that's ABA, um, and is what works for most kids diagnosed on the spectrum. So the sooner a parent comes in, the sooner they can get those interventions, and that means a child can be successful at school and in life um, a little more than a child who comes in to be diagnosed later on. Well, it really is quite an involved process that you go through and quite a thorough process that you go through. Um, in addition to the basic evaluations and treatments that you've been describing, what do you do there at the center to support and educate the patients and the families that come to you? I mostly spend my time doing um, evaluations, not just for autism spectrum, but I do full neuropsychological evaluations to look at um, learning disability. Um, um, I'm seeing a lot more kids who come to us. I don't know if it's just the population who comes to us or if there's more of this problem, but I'm seeing a lot of kids who end up being diagnosed with dyslexia which is kind of sad, you know, when you have a sixth grader come in and realize that up till this point, uh, poor kid hasn't been diagnosed or given the proper support to learn how to read better or write better. So I do a lot of different evaluations. Um, I look at memory function. Um, I do some tests that look at attention, executive function skills, um, visual processing, auditory processing, whatever the question comes um, to be from the doctor or the nurse practitioner, that's what I do the testing for. So um, in, also I support the genetics department and the craniofacial department by doing tests. Uh, for example, there's a test for um, school readiness. So if it's someone who's getting ready to go to school and they have a lot of medical appointments or a lot of other medical issues, I am sometimes required to do testing just to see the resilience of a child, to see if that child needs extra support or if the family needs extra support to get that child through, not just educationally, but also emotionally through everything they need to go. So I do a lot of parent education in terms of, well, here's you know the 10th appointment that you had this week, 
But really, what really matters is that you take two hours for yourself. So sometimes the parents need more of a push (laughs) to take time for themselves and really recharge so they can be there for their child. So my education really depends on what the needs are for the family. Sometimes it's just about a child's diagnosis. Sometimes it's about the family situation. You know, you have families who are going through divorce and that's causing more stress. You have families who have to drive really long, long ways for their appointments. So sometimes it's not what's in front of you. It's not a diagnosis, but everything else that surrounds it. So I try to look at the whole picture and provide the support that's really needed. Um, So in that sense, what we do here at Stramsky, not just myself, but everybody at Stramsky, we really try to look at the individual child and individual needs without really um, looking at the label. I mean, we need the label, unfortunately, as you probably know, to get services, but we've really tried to see the kids for who they are and what they truly need. Well, that's really wonderful that you take that approach. It sounds like a very holistic approach. We and, like. oh, that, that point that you make about self-care, wow, is, that is right on. So many parents uh, forget about that and forget how important that is because if you're, if you're not able to be there for yourself, it's very hard to be there for anyone else. I completely Definitely. agree with you. Mm-hmm. The Stramsky Center is located in Long Beach. Now, if somebody is outside of your geographic area, Mm -hmm. uh, can you offer referrals to other people who might be located in a different part of the state or even in another state completely? Absolutely. It depends what the, um, the concern is. So, for example, in terms of the behavioral and neurodevelopment program or high-risk, the high-risk program is mostly follow-ups from the hospital's NICU program. So, from NICU, they're followed by um, the high-risk infant follow-up program here. And sometimes, you know, that's just the referrals that we get. We don't get a lot of outside referrals for that particular department. For, um, For example, the Fragile X program, we are the the second and, yeah, there are only two clinics in California. One is us and one is the Mind Institute by um, UC Davis. And we are the only two locations in California that service children and families diagnosed with this uh, disorder. So for that, we actually accept patients from all over. Um, for most other issues or concerns or diagnoses or problems, whatever you want to call them, Uh, We usually work within our catch area, and we do accept all forms of insurance and self-referral. So if we cannot take someone, we do make referrals. Uh, We definitely try to set up a family and not just leave them hanging with their problems. So we make referrals as much as we can, and when we can, we get them in. When we can, we talk to the pediatricians or ask the parents to have their uh, primary doctors make a direct referral to us. We try to do whatever we can. Um, We are highly solicited, so sometimes we do have to say no, uh, but we do make referrals. All right. Well, I'm very glad to hear that. So tell me now, Joanna, is there anything else you'd like to add that we haven't covered? And what do you think is the most important takeaway for our listeners to remember from our conversation? I really feel that whether it's Stramsky, a hospital, a different agency, 
um, regional center, the Department of Mental Health, I think what's really important is that the parents don't give up and look for resources that are appropriate for their needs. Because sometimes you call a number or you visit a website and you think that's it. And I think we can service a lot of people but we're not the answer for everybody, just like the regional center may not be appropriate for everybody. So I think having more podcasts like this or resources in the community where there's a list of places where you can go for similar problems, I think will help families feel at ease, um, maybe not as stressed, and knowing that there's help out there no matter what. Sometimes it may take a little longer. Sometimes it takes a little more paperwork. <laughs> Sometimes it takes a little more driving, but there's always some place, some doctor, some provider, some person who's willing to learn and listen and make things better. That's a very good point and excellent advice. Thank you for saying that. So how can our listeners reach you if they have questions or if they want to know more? Mm-hmm. Our phone number um, is a good one. Um, it's area code 562 728 5034. So that's a good way to get in touch with us. And we also have a website if people want to read more about the services we offer. We also have all our intake forms on the website. So that is stramskycenter.com, S T R A M S K I C E N T E R.com. Well, thank you so much, Ioana, for your time and for the very helpful information that you've shared with us today. You are very welcome, and I hope people can get um, some support through us. If not, more than welcome to call us so we can make recommendations for what is appropriate. So anytime, and it was very, very much my pleasure. I also want to thank our listeners for spending a part of their day with us. I'm Gilda Evans, reminding you to take care of yourself and that special person in your life.